Hi, and welcome to episode 139 of No Crying in Baseball, the the shit has hit the fan episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, Patty. How you doing? I'm cranky. I'm cranky about baseball. How are you? I I don't even know. I don't even know. I feel slightly exhausted because today was my theoretically last day teaching, whatever that means these days. So I'm I'm happy that I'm going to have more time in the near future to pay attention to stuff like, oh, baseball. But uh, yeah, but things are kind of shitty in a lot of ways. So yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to do something nice for you right now. I'm going to tell you a nice thing before we launch into all the shit and the aforementioned fan. You want to hear a nice thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's focus on some nice things. All right. So in Nats Park, the place that we miss desperately, we've told you before <laughs> that Jose Andres and his World Central Kitchen have been making and delivering meals using the giant kitchen that is the ballpark. They right. announced today that they have. Um, provided 500,000 meals for the Washington metropolitan area since they've been starting to create meals in Nats Park. That's half Holy a million shit. meals. That's pretty freaking awesome. I like the good news. Yeah, well, so that's that's totally double-edged good news though. Yeah, like that's beautiful and and I love Jose Andres. He actually spoke at our our county's high school graduation and it was fabulous. But that also means that we needed half a million meals to be fed to people in this area. Like that's staggering that there's that kind of need out there. So thank thank God that he's there doing it. But God, what a fucked up situation. It is indeed. But we've got to make that volunteers and they're also paying out of work cooks and chefs to do oh, it. So that's helping Good. a lot of people in a lot of ways. On today's show, what the hell just happened to the 2020 season? Oh, my God. There is so much to say, and none of it's good. Um, Players and executives and some owners are addressing systemic racism in Major League Baseball and their surrounding lives, steps both big and small, including things that the Red Sox are doing, things happened around the draft, podcaster and pitcher Colin McHugh, Louisville Slugger, and the Players Coalition. Also, Alex Cora is is speaking up yet again. Not yet again. He's speaking up again now mm-hmm. after a long time. Uh, there's stuff with the Yankees because why not? <laughs> and <laughs> international baseball. All right. Let's let's. OK, we're recording. On, you. Yeah, good luck. I'm going to have a sip of beer for this one. Hold on. I will too, Hold. Just like Pause. in support. Yeah. OK. Oh, and I'm I'm seeing your lovely world champion nationals koozie there on that beer. Any That's any little spirit. bit helps. and my my pride national shirt, my rainbow nationals logo shirt because you know perfect for today. Perfect for today. All right, so we ch- usually record on Sundays, and we said nope, stuff's going to happen Monday. We should record Monday night, and you know, an hour maybe two hours before we started to record the shit hit the fan. See above. Earlier this week, well, a few days ago, I guess the late last week, Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball, said 100% we're going to have a season. 100% we're going to play baseball this season. Today said, Major League Baseball says there's no season unless players waive any legal claim against the league. Holy shit. Right? And then says, I'm not so sure we're going to play. How did we get here? Well, first... First, the union's response to that, that, you know, here, waive any legal right, and then we'll play some baseball. So players union, the MLBPA says, it's a a long quote, but I'm going to read it. Players are disgusted 
that after Rob Manfred unequivocally told players and fans there would be there would 100% be a 2020 season, he has decided to go back on his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. Any implication that the Players Association has somehow delayed progress on health and safety protocols is completely false, as Rob has recently acknowledged the parties are, quote, very, very close. This latest threat is just one more indication that Major League Baseball has been negotiating in bad faith since the beginning. This has always been about extracting additional pay cuts from players, and this is just another day and another bad faith tactic in their ongoing campaign. That is a good statement. Isn't it? I'm impressed. And Mm -hmm. um, even before that good statement came out, a lot of conversation in the Twitterverse was, do you think Rob Manfred's going to quit or be fired? Because no one thinks he's going to have a job much longer because what the... Hmm. I'm sorry. That's not my job. You know what jumped out to me in that statement is that twice they said bad faith on the part of of MLB, which is fascinating because when he did that 100% gonna play statement, he said that there was not good faith on the part of the players. And basically he was going to be forcing, like you're going to play, like we can force you to play. And and the question was, are the players going to do a work stoppage at that point? But to, for the, for the players union to turn those words back and say, wait a minute, you're the ones in bad faith that that takes guts. Yeah. So here's where the players left it. Right. So the union rejected the latest offer from MLB, which was a bad offer. They've been playing around with, you know, a couple of games difference here or there, but always the pay cuts on top of the already agreed upon mm-hmm. pay cut. So the union said, fine, no more counter offers. Clearly, you know, you are stuck on this. We want a day's work. A day's work is worth a day's pay, right? So tell us where and when. You can, in, for- in fact, force us to play a short season and pay us the- our full prorated salaries. That's that's is in the absence of another agreement that is what would happen, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, the the league was supposed to try to come up with as many games as possible to, to fulfill that, which clearly they're not, you know, really trying to do. But there was a plan in place that so the players say, fine, tell us where and when. We are ready to play. Tell us when the season's starting, when and where we're supposed to show up. And instead of that, MLB says, Oh, right. Yeah. No, you got to sign your legal rights away. It's like, okay, that had not come up before. That was not part of this. The player said, fine, we give. We're not going to try to negotiate anymore because clearly you're stuck here. Bad faith, all of that. But here, we're willing to play. It's on you. Okay. When when is the season going to happen? Going to happen? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That whole 100% thing, not so much right now. Did the- they get that idea from the Trump rally? You know, like the the Trump making the people come in, sign away their their health rights. Like maybe they, they were, Manfred was like, "Oh, that's what we got to do. We just got to get sure. them to sign it away." That must be it because it's already bad. So let's make it worse. <laughs> yeah, how can we make this worse? Now the other problem with going that route of here, just play fifty games, damn it, and shut up, is MLB doesn't benefit from the other. Um, the other concessions that the players were willing to give like that expanded playoff season for this year and next. So now it's just, it would just be pay to play if they do it at all. And now I don't know that they're going to do it unless we have that backlash that we talked about last week where the fans are like, Oh hell no, you guys are idiots. And, Mm -hmm. and now we know it's you. Now it's completely clear that it's the owners and not the players. Didn't they just sign some blockbuster deal with Turner Broadcasting or something like that to to get a shit ton of money for the playoffs? And then, but, oh, no, we can't afford to play the players. Specifically, they signed an agreement for a billion dollars 
Holy um, shit. Which, so the current agreement with Turner Sports goes through the end of next year. And so this would pick up after that. And so this is, you know, the league that's crying poor. And this is causing players, and specifically our ex-boyfriends, Brandon Crawford and Andrew McCutcheon, were all over that. They're like, excuse me? Why are we, how are we poor? This is the kind of stuff that you're not talking about. So when you say that you're poor, we want to know about these deals too, because these affect the bottom line of the team. So you need to be saying these things. So it's a freaking mess. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought they're going to play. It's not going to be great. And I'm going to be a little sad about however it turns out, but they're going to play. And we're going to have some baseball. I don't feel at all confident that we're going to have baseball now. I think everyone is just going to call for Rob Manfred's head. And they're going to just start working in a terrible place for next year's um, collective bargaining agreement. There is a petition out there to fire Manfred. I just sure. saw it. It's like a change.org thing to fire oh, Manfred. Oh, yeah. It's and I'm got sure a- it's got a bazillion signatures by now. I am sure it does. And let me tell you that other sports are finding ways to make this work. So as you know, there, has, there are some leagues that had started playing and had to stop. Um, like the NBA and um, and the NHL, for instance. Um, so the NBA has figured out how they're going to finish their season. They're going to play in, in, in the Disney bubble um, in starting in July. Okay, so Florida, Florida is the place where sports are happening now. That's our new motto, the place where sports happens. Um, Major League Soccer, ML Soccer, MLS is starting a tournament in the beginning of July at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, which I had to look up to see where it was. And the the um, the mascots in front of the ESPN thing are all Disney mascots. I'm like, okay, that must be in Orlando. Also, um, the WNBA just announced today that they're going to play a shortened season because, um, you know, they play over the summer. Right. So they, they hadn't started yet. They're, they're more like baseball in that they hadn't started their season yet. So they were delaying the start of the season. They've, they usually play 30 couple of games in the season. They've, they're going to shorten that to 22 games um, for their 12 teams. And they're going to play in Brayton, Bradenton, Florida at the IMG Academy. So their 22 game season plus playoffs starting around July 24th for full pay. Now, remember, they don't get paid much, but they're getting all of that. Not much. None of this pro rated <laughs> crap. So they're getting not much. I love it. They're getting a hundred percent of not enough as opposed to like (laughs) 20% of, you know, not too bad. Right. Math is hard. Title 100% of not enough is such a good episode. You like that one? You like like that one? You know, what concerns me about this though is isn't Florida starting to spike again? They sure as hell are. They sure as hell are. And we're going to send a shit ton of athletes there. Like, is that really wise? So here's what I want. I want those bubbles to be actual bubbles. I want them to be sealed. Like Epcot. Like Epcot. The big (laughs) Epcot thing. Right? Right? That's right. I want the biosphere. I want them sealed. We'll see them next year. You know, nothing goes in or out. I don't know. You got to recycle your pee. I don't know. I saw the Martian. There's ways to do this, right? (laughs) But I don't want this whole, you know, going out and coming back in again. Because like, you know, you mentioned the, um, the Republican convention earlier, I'm actually worried sick about that because Mm -hmm. of the people that have to staff it, the people who have to work that convention, right? right? The people who are going to be like cleaning up after everybody and selling the concessions and doing all those things. That's not okay. And those people have to be in these bubbles too, in these sports bubbles. And actually that's two different things. Cause what I mentioned before was the rally that's happening next Saturday, or that's what I was alluding oh. to anyway in um, oh. Omaha, but you are totally right because there's also the Republican convention, which is also now going to be in Florida. Florida. That's it. 
power to you Floridians, if anybody, if, if you're in Florida listening right now, I suggest that you get your AC fixed and hang out <laughs> your, your, make sure it's going to hang in there. Maybe get some caulk and seal up any openings in the size of your homes. Yes, for real. I'm so yeah. sorry, folks. Other sports can do this, but we have a Major League Baseball run by people who clearly hate baseball. You know, they hate freaking baseball. I want to say things like capitalist pigs, and my kid would be really proud of me for doing that. And there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. That's what it's about. It's not about we love the game. We need baseball. Let's play some baseball. Let's make it work. Ouch. Wow. I'm going to drink some more. Ouch. You drink some more and then we can talk about racism. How about that for an upper? Let's do. After this. Let's do. So um, racism across the country and across sports, because we know that sports are a microcosm. And we are, you know, the MLB has done some good things-ish, right? They did the the little Black Lives Matter statement, um, but NFL upped it and they are closing their offices on Friday for Juneteenth. And Roger Goodell is making some uncharacteristically strong statements and pissing off the president, but I'm okay with that. So I, I don't know why MLB can't close their offices this Friday. MLB also. doesn't have any offices. Oh, that's <laughs> they're, why. That's they're not why. doing so- any work. They are. They're you know they're they're lighting matches and throwing them at possible agreements okay. that make sense. But other than that, they're not doing any work. So maybe just Manfred should just go away on Friday and just leave his work to somebody he, else. He that that may happen anyway. See the petition above. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, how about some Red Sox fans? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. The Red Sox, um, not really well known for their their racial sensitivity. Really sad, shitty history. And I, you know, you got to remain faithfully to your team and then also be open to criticism and not defensive and work to do better. And I think that's everybody's motto in this current crisis is like, you, you, you can't just say, oh, but I'm a good guy or I intended this in a positive way, you have to realize that, wait, you know, especially if you're coming from white privilege as I am and Red Sox owners are, you have to say, you know what, if somebody else is saying to me that this is a problem, I have to fucking open my ears and change my ways. And we had really, wait, not not enough alluded to Tory Hunter's statement last week where he really criticized the Red Sox fandom as being racist and talked about how many times over a hundred that he had heard the N-word at Fenway and that no matter where he played, he had a clause that he did not want to be traded to the Red Sox. Um, And the Red Sox finally responded to that in an appropriate way, you know, and it's what we always talk about with apologies, that, that you have to make it in a sincere way that you can also act upon and change. And so they said, and I quote the Red Sox statement, the small group of fans does not represent who we are, but are rather a reflection of larger systemic issues that as an organization we need to address. So it's that first step of admitting the culpability of them as an organization. Like instead of just saying, oh, we have racist fans who show up at Fenway, we condemn that act, but you know, we're not racist. We can't do anything about it. It's realizing we have a responsibility to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I'm encouraged and I'm hopeful. And Tori Hunter tweeted, uh, change starts now, much love with retweeting that. So I, I, I'm hoping for you, Red Sox fans. I love you. Yep. Yep. Um, the draft 
gave a big platform for baseball. Baseball, as, as you know, in this country has not been on TV other than like classic games for a long time now. So the draft is an opportunity for, okay, a lot of eyes, uh, mm -hmm. you know, glued in the same place at the same time. So a few of the baseball operations executives around the league got together and said, okay, let's take advantage of this. We need to do something. What is the thing? So Theo Epstein of the Cubs kind of started thinking about this, called in some friends, right? So Chris Antonetti of Cleveland, Diamondbacks, Mike Hazen, Giants, um, Farhan Zaidi. And then they talked for a little bit and said, okay, we need a statement. We need a message, like something that we can all do. And then rightly and quickly, they brought in uh, Michael Hill of the Marlins and Ken Williams of the White Sox, who are the only two African-American heads of baseball operations in the league. Uh -huh. wow. So they, they got them on board right away instead of saying, hi, we're here to help you. It's like, okay, what do we do? Let's work together. What can we do? What's possible? What makes sense? And um, especially Ken Williams, they, they pushed for more. It's like, we got to do more than a statement, but we have to be unified, right? So between them, they divided up all of the other um, execs, all the other um, heads of baseball operations throughout the league, called everybody, got everybody on board. Mm -hmm. the, the, the basic visual thing they decided to do was they would have the same sign, that said Black Lives Matter, United for Change. It was a lovely little sign with baseball, you know, like stitching around the edges. And each each of these executives was on, you know, the Zoom call, which is how they did the um, the draft. They had those signs visible through the entire draft, right? So they started with them up front, but they had them nearby. And to show you how visible they were, when I looked at Mike Rizzo, um, you know, our Nationals guy, I didn't notice the World Series trophy in the back because I was focused on the... The, you know, the, cool. the, the, black, the Black Lives Matter United for Change sign. They didn't stop there. The, the, each executive donated money themselves personally. So that was $311,000 to five charities, NAACP Legal Defense, um, Equal Justice Initiative, Color for Change, Campaign Zero, and the Jackie Robinson Foundation. And then um, they talked to Manfred. And they said, okay, we got to, you know, we can't spring this. Okay. And we should say, we're going to do this. And Manfred said, I'm all in. You got to tell the owners, though which actually worked out super well because this is what happened. Uh, Rob Manfred did a good thing. I was about to say, so we're saying, we're saying good things about Manfred. We're now. saying I'm, one I'm, good like, thing. I'm, my we're neck saying, is hurting from this turn. <laughs> it, don't worry. You can stay, okay. stay put for just this one small thing. And then we can go back to calling for his neck. Right. Okay. So he committed that, um, that MLB as an organization would match the, the donation by the executives and then some of the owners also matched various pieces, like the, like the owner might match what their executive put in. Um, Dodgers chairman Mark Walter matched the combined donation. So he put in $300,000. Wow. Just him, right? MLB as a whole put in $300,000. And the owners did that. And then there are a bunch of individual owners that also contributed. So they totaled more than a million dollars just on the occasion of the draft to these organizations. Manfred had a statement when he kicked off the draft with tonight, I join our 30 club baseball operations officials as they recognize on behalf of our entire industry that systemic racism and inequality are devastating problems that we can each do more to help that baseball can do more as an institution that black lives matter and that we are united for change. They just acknowledge systemic racism in major league baseball, which I believe you got crap for just on, on, on the Twitterverse. When you said, hey, there's systemic racism and people said, me, me, me. Actually, it wasn't totally my idea, but the the idea is 
that MLB is is doing baby steps, right? They have some of those programs that are looking at bringing baseball to the cities and looking at expanding the play. But it's real. Like the draft made it very apparent that there's a long way to go with that. Because if you're watching the draft and you're looking at where these kids who are being drafted were sitting in their very nice homes, surrounded by their family, and obvious products of the family that can devote their life to pay for their kid to play travel ball. And that excuse that, well, you know, baseball costs a lot more than, say, basketball, where you just need that inner, you know, the hoop in the city and then kids can play basketball. Well, what about football? Football costs a shit ton. You need a lot of equipment for football. Yet we have a lot of African-Americans playing football in this country. So it means that there's not being the, the outreach and the investment And also you look at the kids who are coming from Latin America. And if you can set up a training program in the Dominican Republic and get kids of this huge high quality playing baseball, why can't you do that here? And your um, boyfriend from ex-boyfriend, or is it this year from the the White Sox, Daniel Palka? That was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Mm -hmm. Who's not a very progressive person at all on Twitter was watching the draft and noticing where the kids from Puerto Rico, who, who, you know, dear listeners, you might realize that this is part of the United States. So Puerto Ricans are not in the uh, international agreements and, and zero. And I didn't confirm this, but I'm just going to trust Daniel Paca on this one, that there were no Puerto Ricans because we had right five rounds of draft instead of the usual, how many? A lot more. A lot more. Yeah, there were 160 kids that got drafted and usually it's like 30 rounds, I believe. So yeah. the other piece that the executives did, what matches exactly what you were talking about earlier, they vowed to hold themselves and their sport accountable by improving diversity hiring practices and results, Good. increasing the number of black players in baseball, ensuring their working environments are welcoming and continuing to support racial justice initiatives. So these are all the right words to say. You know, we have to make sure it really happens, but these are much stronger and more specific words than just Black Lives Matter. We're supposed to say that, right? Which seems mm-hmm. to be sort of like the, you know, the generic statement that was coming out over the past couple of weeks. This this could mean something if it really happens. And here's the problematic piece. As you all know, I'm a Cleveland girl, and we have a policy statement on the show that we refer to the Cleveland baseball team as the Cleveland baseball team, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I grew up as a big fan of the Cleveland baseball team. So Chris Antonetti, who actually was the one of those initial four who organized this, that chaired, that sort of organized the fundraising. So, I mean, he's responsible for like, you know, getting a million dollars out of these people for these good organizations, right? He says, we can do, this is, he's talking about the Cleveland baseball team right now. We can do better as an organization and as a sport to help address the systemic racism and social injustice that continues to exist. The Indians, as an organization, approach the question of racial justice from a complicated position. No shit. It's right so, in that sentence. It's right there. Holy so shit. He, he doesn't say we're going to change the name, but you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if there is a more internal action about that. But yeah, I was like, I, I read this in the, you know, the Cleveland news, right? I was like, okay, come on, say it, say it. And they're like, yeah, it's complicated. I'm like, oh, it's not that complicated. You can fix this, people. Yeah. And last season, Atlanta promised to look at the chop and- 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't now. Know. Maybe maybe this is the time. Maybe if all those folks take a year off, it'll hurt too much to do the chop because their muscles aren't in shape, and so they'll just stop it. <laughs> that's a really good. That's a really good way to look at it. I think. I mean, we just all have to look at our own little piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And think about what we can do as individuals to make a change. Uh, Colin McHugh tweeted something that I thought was really inspirational. So this is a former boyfriend of mine. If anybody happens to be turning tuning in for the first time and you hear us throw this word boyfriend around, it's because when life is normal, we yeah. pick baseball boyfriends who are just cool guys who are good at baseball, but also special somehow else. And then we play fantasy ball and that's obviously not happening this year. But a couple of years ago, I picked the Astros pitching for my boyfriend league and Colin McHugh was on the Astros then. And now he's with the Red Sox. So I kind of feel like he's got some sort of special boyfriend status. And the other thing that I love about him is his podcast, the 12, six podcast. And he's had a lot of really great interviews with people like Sean Doolittle and pitching ninja and other players. And in the middle of this whole Black Lives Matter explosion, he dropped his latest podcast and realized he's only he has not interviewed any African-American players or any African anybody African-American associated with baseball. And and they've all been men except for his wife, who was on his show once. So I think it's that looking at things with a new lens when you're coming from a base of white privilege and realizing this is something that I've missed and I'm going to do better. And he promised he was going to do better. So I guess we can hold him to that and and all of us, right? Yes, yes. Along the lines of acting where you live in your circle, Louisville Slugger, maker of the famous Louisville Slugger bats, said, uh-oh, look what we do. We need to stop doing this thing. First, Louisville is the major city near where Brianna Taylor Liv, Brianna Taylor, is the woman who was killed in her bed by police executing a no-knock warrant, right? So there's a personal connection, right, for Louisville Slugger. Louisville Slugger, as a fundraiser, helps out the Louisville Metro Police Foundation, not the police force, but the foundation, Hmm. by creating, I cannot even believe I'm going to say these words out loud, commemorative Louisville Slugger nightsticks. What? Yes. You can get it. I had no clue. You can get a Louisville Slugger nightstick. If you want to give $60 to the Louisville Metro Police Foundation, you can, but no longer. And they said, Oh, wow. I quote, we recognize the symbolism of nightsticks, and they are not going to do that anymore. I would they didn't have liked to extrapolate it. on that though. Like they, they should have said what that symbolism is, really, right? Well, they, they did, but you know, I okay. wasn't going to spend all that time on there. But yeah, but so, I, you know, part of me is stunned that they made them at all, but the rest of me is like, all right, and they're learning from that, and they're stopping. <laughs> so, yay, we're going to go with the yay. We're going to give credit where credit is due. There you go. It's a solid C plus for Louisville Slugger. Yeah. The it's it's like the the Supreme Court today, right? You give some credit and you take some credit away. So we have a little bit of celebrating that LGBTQ people are recognized in discrimination issues that you cannot actually discriminate against gay people. It's just it's weird that you have to say those words out loud. Like you it's not okay to discriminate against this group of people, like any group of people. But then the Supreme Court giveth and taketh away. 
And one thing that they took it away was um, not dealing with the issue of police immunity. And that's been a big issue now because like what you're talking about with Breonna Taylor, like those police are going to claim immunity, basically saying that because I'm a police person that I should not have to be prosecuted for acts in the line of duty. Now, luckily, um, there are a couple of representatives in Congress now who have a bill to deal with this situation, which is how we're going to have to deal with this fucking Supreme Court these days is make reasonable laws that they're going to have to uphold. So uh, Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts and Amish, I don't know where he's from, um, have a bill to end qualified immunity. And 1,400 current and retired athletes, coaches, general managers, staff members of NFL, NBA, and MLB wrote a letter to Congress in support. And a lot of good names are on there. So basically, you know, they're, they're trying to make it easier to sue police officers for brutality than police brutality. And they said that we're tired of the conversations that go nowhere. So it looked to me like there's a lot of NFL and NBA names, which is understandable. Although people, including Drew Brees, who we talked about last week, and Tom Brady, everybody's favorite quarterback, and Baker Mayfield, some of you all's favorite quarterback. My favorite quarterback. (laughs) Um, but some good MLB people. And you know what? You won this big time, Patty, because when we were talking about our baseball boyfriends. I scanned this list of 1,400 and I just did it once. So maybe I missed a couple, but the large majority are your baseball boyfriends. Nico, Nico Goodrum from the Tigers, D. Gordon from the Mariners. And I'm, I'm mixing like past and present boyfriends because they're all in our happy family at this point. Uh, Jason Hayward from the Cubs, Ian Desmond from the Rockies, and Byron Buxton from the Twins. So power to you for all of those good picks. And uh, Denard Spann was one of my picks from the Rays. He also signed on. But this this gives us extra baseball boyfriend points. It sure does. I'm I'm glad that that players are speaking up and not just you know sticking to sports as they say. Yeah, hey. there is none. There is no sticking to sports. You know what? We have some like sports news that's just plain sports news. That's not like like, labor issues or racial injustice or police brutality. It's the kind of scandals that we used to talk about. Banging trash cans. (laughs) Remember when that was the worst thing in the world? Remember when Cora was suspended for the year, the year that doesn't happen, so maybe he can come back next year? Alex, Cora has been mighty quiet since this, the whole Astros trash can thing went down. And basically, he was, he and Carlos Beltran were the only people who were personally named and blamed for the whole Astros trash, literally. And he's starting to speak out that that wasn't fair. And he's admitting his fault. So this is, you know, you've got to face when you make mistakes. And he's saying that they all made mistakes, but he's saying they all made mistakes, that it wasn't just him and Beltran. And it sounds like he's a little bristly with uh, Luno for for throwing them under the bus. Um, But he said that they're all at fault, everyone. And interestingly, the report on the Red Sox does not hold him responsible in any way. It says that the, and who knows, I don't know, you can interpret this any way you want, but it says that the replay room stuff was done without his knowledge. 
So Cora wants to come back. I, I it's it's like one of those heart wrenching things, you know, when you really think that somebody's awesome and then something comes out, and I'm still not sure how to deal with how I feel about Alex Cora because I just adored him so much but except for that one thing this one big motherfucking thing I mean except for that one thing I I don't know how to help you there I don't because I mean that's how I would feel like if if like if if Tito or or Davey Martinez or somebody you know had this happen I would just feel like the rug got pulled out from under me so I get that I get that and I don't know I don't know what you do with it I well, know. you know, it's, it's misery loves company because, you know, now the Yankees suck too. And if there's nothing okay, that makes a Red Sox fan feel better. The Yankees have always are sucky to us. So that's not news. But now they suck in this particular way because <laughs> the, everybody knew this too. So when the whole like cheating scandal stuff first, you know, in, in this most recent uh, era came to explode was the Apple Watch incident with the 2017 Red Sox. And at that time, it was the Red Sox and the Yankees accusing each other. But the Red Sox were the only one who's cheating. Oh, God. Um, yes, it was, was, was detailed like that. And actually, at the time, Manfred, Manfred, again, gets to be not in our favor, said that there was insufficient evidence, actually, to pin anything on the Yankees. He said that there was something to do with their dugout phone. There were no details about the Yankees incident. The Red Sox Apple Watch thing was very finely detailed, but not the the Yankees. And they were both find. At the time, The Athletic alleged that the Yankees had done something similar to the Red Sox, and I was clinging onto that at the time, but that's all that came about it. What I didn't realize is that DraftKings has had a lawsuit against MLB and the Astros and the Red Sox because basically they fucked up the betting, right? So cheating is not good for betting because that totally- I've heard that. I've heard that. (laughs) messes up your eyes. And that never happens in Major League Baseball. Right. See Pete Rose above. (laughs) But. Or, you know, the White Sox of your, can I say your? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Cheating, baseball. Um, So very recently, though, the the DraftKings added a motion that MLB also falsely represented the Yankees investigation. That it wasn't just this technicality, but it was something more serious. So as a result of that, the judge in this case ordered that a letter from Manfred to the Yankees be opened. That's all. Open the fucking letter. (laughs) The Yankees argued that opening the letter is problematic because it would cause significant reputational injury without being specific at all. So whose reputation are we talking about? I mean, like the Yankees have a good reputation to begin with, really? To a lot of people who aren't us, it turns out (laughs) to do. But yeah, but it's not clear. Are they talking about like people who are named? Are they talking about like the team itself would be tarnished? Well, you were already fined for, for, you know, sign stealing. So like, 
and, and if it's that bad, it's a problem that you should have been punished more. I mean, I, I really, right. I'm, now I'm so curious as to what's right. in And there. that's the thing that makes people even more curious what's in the letter. Like, right. what's the big deal about it? So I was kind of hoping that with us um, delaying our recording till tonight that we would get more info because theoretically something, at least a redacted version, was supposed to come out today. But the Yankees emergency appeal went through today. So nothing's going to happen until this Friday, Friday, June 19th. Maybe we'll find out what's in the letter then, or maybe the judge will agree that the significant reputational injury means that they don't have to release it. I consulted the lawyer in the house, and he said, this is Mr. Pottymouth, he said that the judge is going to read the letter. So basically, it depends on the contents of the letter as to what the, if, if it should become public or not. But he also said that it seemed really ridiculous to not make it public. Like he can't understand w- what would be the reason. What could it possibly say that? Yeah. Right. And right. really after the couple of days and weeks we've had, it's probably just going to be good entertainment value for us. Right. And come on, we need that. We need that. And I got to say, now that I'm thinking there's not going to be any major league baseball that I'm going to have to start watching the archived CPBL games because I'm finding that I, I can't do it in the mornings anymore over my coffee because I want to watch the whole game and I can't. I can only watch a little bit yeah. and I find that frustrating. So thinking maybe I should be watching the, you know, the canned version of the games later in the day after work. So I didn't watch all week. So I bet I missed some things. I, I watched a little bit and you know, those, those canned games are actually really well done and I never very rarely make it for the first couple innings. So I might be with you on that. The CPBL Twitter feed, if you're not following it, follow it. Our friend Danny Shi, who we interviewed weeks ago is now uh, holding the reins and doing a kick-ass job. The stuff that the CPBL Twitter feed is pushing out really good highlights, translated highlights into English from, from other reels that had been out and also the full games. And it's getting exciting. As you know, you know, things had been pretty stark between the monkeys at the top and the lions at the bottom with the four teams, but it's tightening up. Are you looking for the phrase all monkeys all the time? Is that what you were thinking? I'm not totally sure about that, but you I'm, know, the, I'm all monkeys all the time, but go ahead. Yeah, I know the, not for much monkeys, longer though, right? The monkeys pitching is really impressive. And Ryan Carpenter, one of their ace pitchers, uh, shaved his mustache and it's doing him well. He got MVP after he shaved. Huh. So you can take that little bit of data and uh, I don't know. And he, and I was voting against the shave, but he really kind of rocks it. So the monkeys are on top still. They're over 500, but the brothers are really close behind. 583 for the monkeys, 564 for the brothers. And then the guardians and the lions are both in the 400. So nobody's totally tanking. The lions, my, my lovely lions, are still on the bottom. Although, you know, their mascot game, man, they are so good. How was the, the birthday party? You know, I slept through the birthday party. Are you so kidding? I, I, this is Saba Boy. The fish head's birthday was this past Saturday. And yeah, yeah, I slept through it. But I saw the dancing highlights. Oh, man. Him and Saba Boy and Lion dancing together. That's worth it. I was hoping for my popsicle. I didn't get my, my milkfish popsicle. I need to do more research. I put mm. that out to the internet and they didn't, they didn't respond. Come on, folks. Let me know where to get a milkfish popsicle for Patty somewhere in the D.C. area. I... As far as, you know, the the whole 
virus and bio bubble and stuff like that, Taiwan is just rocking it. They understood the order of things that you get things under control before you start opening up and then you open very slowly and carefully. And we've seen that with baseball and people obeyed, you know, first it was a couple hundred and then they expanded. And June 7th, which is actually in the past at this point, they went up to 50% capacity. There were some press releases that said no limits, but apparently that was some sort of translation issue and it meant some limits. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, uh, I guess it's Mandarin. I'm not even sure. Taiwanese. Um but you can sit with one seat between you, but they're doing, this is like something that you know way more about. They're doing contact tracing. So fans who go to the ballpark have to leave their names and numbers. So if something does happen, they can figure it all out. They have a grip on this. You know, another thing that Taiwan does better than we do is demoting <laughs> players <laughs> and umpires. If they fuck up, they do something wrong, they go down. So a DUI for one of the Lions, Kuo Fun Lin, who it's a it's a har harsh loss for the Lions because he was well everybody's batting over three hundred, but he was one <laughs> of them. What we do here, but right? <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But he was sent down to the minors for a DUI. Does that like that doesn't happen here? It does not. It does not. I'm I'm happy to see that. Yeah. And um, one of the umpires was demoted to the minors also for one bad call that he called that a player was hit by a pitch, one of the Lions who got a base out of it, and he really wasn't. But to get demoted for a for bad one call. call. Yeah. I wonder Perfect. I wonder if he had a pattern of bad calls and that was the last straw, but you, really it might have been just the one. I don't know. It seems like these rehab sessions don't have to be too long, really. I think it's like a little bit yeah, sending that message. Like going to stand in the corner for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe like the second time it gets to be a little worse. I don't know. You know, where I have not been paying attention is Korea because I just can't deal with ESPN. But I do know that my dinos are still on top, like way on top with 743 average. But again, they're they're behind the CPBL as, as far as time played. So who knows if that's going to even out more. Your wyverns are still second to last, not last, with 343. Woo! They're creeping. And the eagles are the last place with 229. That's kind that's of a sad. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sad. Uh, there will be some company soon, very soon. This Friday, the Japanese League, the NPB, is starting. But probably we will not be able to see that anyway because they do not give a shit about the U.S. market because they have plenty of a market in Japan and they're not going to kiss uh, ESPN's ass and be Fair like enough. a backup to backup baseball, you know, situation. So I believe it is possible to like to like buy a subscription or something to watch the games. I think you can buy a package, but I don't think you can watch like an individual game like we're able to do with CPBL. And I don't think it's with English commentary. Probably like not. I, I'm not even sure about that. So it would be, I would love to be able to watch the Japanese league because that is totally comparable to MLB. I mean, part of the charm of CPBL is it's not really quite the same, same notch of baseball, but it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And there will be winter baseball, well, our winter to look forward to. So we can keep watching baseball. We can watch CPBL through, I think it goes to October. And then there's got to be some sort of playoffs in Korea. And then in November, 
Australian baseball is set to start again. And, you know, even if this hemisphere can't handle it, <laughs> she'll be oh set. My Lord. Actually, Mexi- Mexico is set to start, although I'm, I'm scared of that. I'm just scared of this whole hemisphere. Anyway, that's all the baseball that's happening now somewhere. So <laughs> Somewhere that is not somewhere. here because here is a shit show. Oh, my God. So uh, over the next few days, over the course of this week, I'm going to be watching carefully to see if Rob Manfred gets fired or resigns. And that's really all I've got for this week. How about you? I stop work after tomorrow. So I am going to watch as much baseball as possible in the mornings. Maybe I'll just sort of shift my schedule, get up early, watch baseball, enjoy it. And report back and, to the class. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. If you're missing baseball games and want to hear instead us talk about baseball in the past from the before times, feel free to listen to some of our older episodes, which you can find on our website. And please tell your friends about us. If you can leave us a review or a rating, we would certainly appreciate that. And if you want to follow us on social media, Potty Mouth can help you out. Talk to us on Twitter at NCBI Podcast or Facebook and Instagram and No Crying and B-Ball or shoot us an email at NCIBpodcast at gmail.com. And until next week, wear your mask, stay inside, fight the man, and say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth. This fucking cat jumped on me. 